The Golden Globes and Grammys are behind us, and the Oscars, well, they're just around the corner. But friends, awards season just wouldn't be complete without the 2023 Plugged In Movie Awards. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of the Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, earlier this week, we did something we've never done before. We live-streamed our plugged-in Movie Award conversation for this year, and we're going to give you a chance to listen to that here. I think that you'll agree it was fun and spirited, and the conversation took some interesting turns as we voted on winners in each of four categories. Best Movies for Kids, for Teens, Best Christian Movie, and Best Movie for Adults. And we'll also have your reader's picks, so we'll get to hear what you had to say about our nominees this year. Joining me for our conversation this week are Paul Acey, Bob Hoos, Emily Chow, and Kennedy Unthank. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee or tea, or maybe turn us up if you're driving into work, and enjoy our Plugged In Movie Awards for 2023. So, Paul, we're going to start with the Best Christian Movies category. Can you just list off what the nominees are for this category? I certainly can. We nominated, the five movies that we nominated were Family Camp, Fathers 2 Reborn, I Heard the Bills, Paul's Promise, and Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. All right. So, where do we start here? Which of these movies... Do you guys feel like, you know, this is the one of these nominees, this is the one I liked? Well, should we at least mention the reborn aspect? Yeah, yeah. let's start yeah. with I think that. that. That's, I think that's, that's an important a great thing place to start. Why, why is that important if people have heard of this film and thought, hmm, that's I weird. Sh- I thought that, I thought that was rated issues. R. Yeah. It's yeah. really super, super important. You can find the original Father Stew on Netflix right now. If you tune in to watch that, you will be exposed to a lot of language. A lot of language. You'll hear <laughs> lots and lots and lots of profanity. Um, and, and the really naughty ones. The really naive <laughs> ones are yeah. not even going to hint at what they are. Right. But, but Father Stu Reborn, uh, a few months ago, um, Mark Wahlberg, who has talked a lot about his faith, actually went back to the editing room and essentially cut out a ton of profanity. Because one thinks maybe this would be a great movie if it didn't have 200 yeah. of those really naughty <laughs> words in it. Maybe kids could watch it or younger That's people. That's exactly right. So it's still a PG-13 movie. There is definitely mm. still some profanity. There's some, some interesting elements there, but we felt like the messages of this movie were strong enough to at least throw it out into consideration. It's a, it's well done. It has some strong messages in terms of what faith can do for you. You know, I actually did watch this. Um, unfortunately, I had to watch the, uh, the original, version. the bad version. But um, but no, I thought about it as I was watching. I was like, man, yeah, if they cut out, you know, all these profanities, this would be it wouldn't be right for every person, no. every family, but it would be navigable for, you know. Right. Well, and, and now when we're talking about which one now is our winter, our winner, I mean, um, I would suggest that I, I mean, OK, originally my I was leaning toward uh, I heard the bells. Just because I, I love and what's, going and what's the one sentence take on I Heard the Bells? Well, what is it, Paul? 
<laughs> <laughs> I mean, you reviewed it. Yeah, it's essentially a true story about right. about a very, very famous American poet, Longfellow, who who had a terrible tragedy happen in his life, right. um, had a crisis of faith. He moved into a different place as the Civil War was raging, as he was trying to deal with these elements, uh, it, and he sort of returned to faith after these tragedies came about. Right. Um, it was a strong movie. It's produced by the same people who do Sight and Sound. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that and that is its strength and its weakness right, right. there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the fact is that I felt that it was it was well acted, but it was kind of acted for the stage. Mm. And that is the that was the detractor for me. Uh, I, I enjoyed the film and I enjoyed period pieces like that. But that what detracted or pulled away from it a bit was it just felt a little stagey. Yeah. You know? The thing that I loved about the movie is it tells you about a story that we don't often hear. I no had question. no idea. I'm a lit major. I'm an English lit major. Is that I had no what? idea. All this time. I know. I know, crazy. But I had no idea about this backstory. So to hear that backstory I thought was really, really it interesting. Is. But it's I a, do agree with you. It's a very I think compelling story. It was a very strong movie. And what I think was a pretty strong year for Christian movies. And I'm going to push the pause button momentarily and just say that there's a lot of conversation in the chat about bad guys and puss in boots. And we'll get to that in a couple of categories. So definitely. And now back to your discussion of best Christian movies. The reason I I brought it up to begin with is to say that my initial leaning was toward I Heard the Bells. Okay. But uh, my vote will be for Father Stu. Father Mm, Stu. Okay. I second that actually. Oh, come on. And I I mean, Pick I something watched, else. no, I mean like, okay, so like I, I reviewed Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, and I loved that. That was a cute little movie. And, and I think that's based on the Meg Meeker book, nonfiction yes, book, yes, right? Yes, it is based on the Meg Meeker nonfiction book. Her book is featured in the film. Um, I don't know. I just, when I was watching Father Stew, the faith element just, it was so strong in that movie. His, the way that Christ redeems father stew's life the way that it like transforms him it transforms the people around him it transforms his parents you know and it's so strong and it's so focused on what god does in his life maybe more so than um i think some of these other films only because with some of these other films i felt like yes jesus is there and he's a part of their lives but it it felt like a christian movie it was like this is assumed that this is part of their lives because they are christians rather than in Father Stu, this is a guy who is the farthest thing you can get from Christian and then becomes one and yeah, it becomes it, a huge part of his life. And we should mention that Father Stu, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this before, but but it is based on, based a, true on a true story. story. And yeah. it talks about this guy. One of the reasons why the original had so much profanity is this guy came from a very, very rough background. And so um, to see that move into faith, I think, was an interesting journey. And to see how God used him in unexpected ways. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that this film in particular illustrates a really hard tightrope that Christian storytellers have to walk. And on one hand, sometimes we see movies and we're like, oh, it was so sanitized. They cleaned everything up. The real world is not that cut and dried. It's not that easy. It's not that clean. People make bad choices. They sin. They say bad words. And yet when we get somebody like Mark Wahlberg that sort of at least the first time around he threw this completely unvarnished, you know, real story up there that was full of all that grit. You're like, well, I want grit, but that's yeah. really that gritty. might be a yeah, little yeah. bit more yeah. than I was asking yeah. for. And so 
I think as a Christian filmmaker, I'm not one, but if I were one trying to, and I don't play one on TV either. If I were trying to walk that line, that's a tough it's line. A tough and line. so in some ways we sort of have a weird little yeah. thing here because we have the really gritty and then it's like, well, let's dial it down for people who yeah. maybe don't want all that. There's also one other line that, that uh, movie makers have to walk and that is the aesthetics of a film. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's another thing that we have to evaluate here, not just the message, but how does this message approach us and immerse us? And I think that the production values of Father Stew makes a big difference oh, yeah. in this list. Let me mention another tightrope that we have here, Family Camp. It's very rare for a Christian movie to try to be funny and to try to make fun. <laughs> I mean, even the concept of, of a funny Christian movie is wait, funny, you, you right? you think it's rare for them to try to be funny? Yeah, that's, there's a difference. I don't agree with that. It's it, and, There's a difference. I think that a lot of them try to be achieve. funny. Achieve, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think it's harder to find movies that necessarily achieve it on the same scale that a non-Christian movie Sure, would. sure. And I think that that's because, you know, what we believe is so important to us. And it's serious stuff, right? So when you have a movie that does try to be um, funny and try to poke fun at itself, really, I like to give it a little bit of props for that. And, and I and, think that that's one of the things that Family Camp really did. And the situation comedy here, because really Family Camp is a, is a sitcom with some nice messages in the end. You've got a very, 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 very sort of hyper-Christian family that speaks in Christian lingo all the time and spiritualizes everything. And then you've got a mom who's sort of roped her husband in and, and the last place on earth he wants to be is a camp to learn about Jesus. Not because he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, but I think it's safe to say at the beginning, it's not his top priority. Right. And so right. we get really these two dads are among the, the ensemble cast of characters who kind of bash heads and all sorts of, you know, the ridiculous things that happen yeah. <laughs> at camp. Yeah. Just continuing on family camp, one thing that um, some of our audience members brought up um, during the voting session was just that there's a scene in family camp where uh, there are bees involved and somebody gets <laughs> has anaphylactic shock. And they actually said that they turned the movie off because mm. they have family members who deal with that. And it was just too stressful for them. And I will say that, like, there are things that have happened in Christian movies like you know what I actually can relate to that I yeah. have had similar situations in Strong Fathers Strong Daughters something that stood out to me was his middle daughter goes to a party she sneaks off and he has to make the decision do I go there and embarrass her but potentially protect her from a bad situation or do I figure this out tomorrow and he decides to go and of course she's humiliated but he does actually just narrowly save her from a really bad situation at that party and um not his wife but another the future mother-in-law of his other daughter um she says you know what I wish my dad had saved me from a situation like that when I was younger you did the mm -hmm. right thing you know yep. so there are situations in Christian movies that can't so, feel so real it sounds like a lot well, of people are leaning towards I, I want to just family. at least recognize <laughs> Paul's promise because that's the other movie on the list that we nominated. And that's about a grown man who had an alcoholic and abusive father who treated his mother horribly. And he longs for his mother just to, uh, I don't know, it, he he really has struggled with the sort of baggage from his dad. His mom is a strong believer, but now she's dying of cancer. And so he's like, why? Why should I trust a loving God when 
he let dad beat you and beat me and was an alcoholic and now you're dying of cancer. So um, that is what Paul's promise is about. Um, and I just wanted to at least mention that one before we sort of move toward a vote. Now, I'm sort of hearing a leaning toward Father Stu. Is that what I'm hearing from Well, from you only heard team? from us two, the so, two there's, us. so right. you Paul? need at least the other three. <laughs> You know what? I I do think I would lean toward Father Stu. And I think for the reasons that you mentioned, I think that that it has a very, very strong faith message. Now, I hesitate a little bit because it still has a lot of strong content from what we typically look for. Read our full review. (laughs) Look for, read our full review. And and again, let's let's specify. We're talking Father Stu Reborn. Yeah, make sure Um, you do not watch the one that is currently on Netflix. Plugged in has lost their mind. (laughs) But we often talk, I think, within this format, actually, that we like our Christian films to be real. We want them to hit home. We want them to reflect the real world. And I think that in some ways, Father Stu does that pretty effectively. Kennedy? Yeah. So as much as I enjoyed Father Stu, I know that we've already, we've got a majority. So whatever I'm going to say doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> but you matter, Kennedy. Yeah, oh, thank you, Adam. Um, and your voice matters. I got to say, though, I'm going to hand my vote to Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Okay. The reason why is specifically, like I said, it talks about not only um, the gospel, I mean, there's this whole wedding scene where they say, hey, actually marriage uh, relates to God's covenant to his people. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. You don't hear that much often anymore. Yeah. And then it also talks about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It also has a whole thing on what uh, what biblical fatherhood should look like. Okay. Like I said, I think... I think a lot of people are going to be looking at this and thinking, well, what can I show to my you know, like younger children? Yeah. I, I probably I probably wouldn't point them towards Father yeah. Stu for yeah, that that's, case. I think that's a very, very good yeah. point. Yeah, I do too. So I'm going to end with a confession and a vote, and then we'll do the reader vote on this one. So my confession is I like Mark Wahlberg against my will. <laughs> I don't I don't really want to like him, but man, he's he's had some interesting characters, and I'm also going to vote for Father Stu recognizing that there are some problems there. So if, uh, and again, Father Stu reborn. So Emily, do you have our pick for the reader's choice in the Christian category? So I wish we had talked about this one a little bit more because it's the winner, but Paul's Promise is the audience pick. Audience. Well, diversity is a good thing, right? Definitely. And we are now going to plunge into best movies for adults so mr hoos would you I'll read, read this out. category sure. for us the batman cyrano mrs harris goes to paris 13 lives and top gun maverick <laughs> so this is one of our categories that has some blockbusters and i will say yeah. it's time to take well, I the think Batman's go... gloves off and yeah. say, you know, I... the, the elephant in the room is how on earth could we have nominated the, the Batman? Batman? <laughs> well, I, I think that that's the winner right there. No. You know, no, that's I think not that, the question that we I can make We this, all know you like the Batman. We can Everybody make this category go really <laughs> quickly and just say the Batman. <laughs> mm. And the reason why, let me just say the reason why. It's a very dark movie. We, A lot of times we... <laughs> that's the reason why? <laughs> no, no. Oh, well. <laughs> we, and we you failed. Have... <laughs> yeah, I disagree. We normally throw a lot of our superhero movies into the teens categories. That's typically 
exactly mm-hmm. where they go. We are sort of acknowledging that that the Batman is a darker movie, right? Right. But it has this beautiful turnaround at the end. In the last where, two minutes. <laughs> last 15, I would say, uh, <laughs> where you see him realize that Gotham needs him to be better than just vengeance needs him to be a role model, needs him to be a point of inspiration. And I think that that's one of the reasons why why the Batman is probably my vote, unless some, someone convinces me of it. Well, full disclosure, Paul wrote a book on Batman, so, so he's yeah, biased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kennedy, Batman your thoughts. Right yeah, there. We, we have, we've been sort of leaving you to last. You've yeah, no, um, I'm going to counterpoint with my hero, Miss Harris. Um, <laughs> I'm going to second I that love one. It. So, uh, as much as I enjoyed uh, Top Gun Maverick, it was just fun. There wasn't right. really much more than I that. Agree. Tom Cruise um, still looking like he did 30 years ago. What's <laughs> up with that? The Batman, mostly. Uh, like you said, added good message on. I, I love the part where one of the criminals tells him, "No, I'm vengeance," and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Miss Harris goes to Paris. I think a lot of times when we talk about adult movies, we tend to think, "Well, they have to have content issues." Now, Miss Harris has some. But it's also just a really nice feel-good movie. It's also about just societal uh, visibility. How do you deal with that? Like mm-hmm. when, when all of society says, hey, you're not that important because you're just, you know, in Miss Harris's just case, maid. you're just a cleaning maid. Yeah, and she goes to Paris to buy a special dress because yes, right. she comes into right. some money she didn't and, have. And it, is, and it is a very sweet film. It really is. But but, but <laughs> I, would, I would push back because oh. I think... I think there are scripting problems, to be honest. There are believability issues, in my opinion, in that film. She should have gone to Vienna, I know what you're talking about. There are things that she does that instantly turn into these wonderful, beautiful things, and you go, wait a minute, come on. (laughs) That's not going to happen that easily, especially the way they set this up. And so I, don't, don't get me wrong, I think this is a very watchable film and enjoyable. I'm glad but, it's but, watchable. But it's, uh, <laughs> but it, but there, there were just some, there was some content, yeah. in in the sense of the story that just felt a little bit off kilter at times. Okay, well, I like Thirteen Lives because it is a real story about real heroism, and I think sometimes yeah. we want to be inspired by a story of people taking risks of people using ingenuity mm-hmm. plus it's ron howard and i mean it feels like it would be criminal yeah. to, to vote against a ron howard movie <laughs> and that we're going to end up with a divided vote here so we might have well, to do a second know, round that's of that's very voting. interesting because you may have my vote is like now kind of evenly split so well, I, might on, a tiebreaker. I, I want to put in vote. here here now listen to this listen to this because we have we've we've been sort of throwing top gun to the side saying maverick <laughs> it's entertainment perfect but the fact is that it's pretty yes, great it is very good with entertainment, about 20 s words and it's probably in my opinion it was better than the original it was and the reason for me that it was better than the original is this your is, pick by the way it is okay the reason it was better for me is because there's something in there that wasn't in the first the first one had these this sort of steamy sensuality you know that people enjoyed but it was kind of steamy and they took that out and they replaced it with what tom cruise no tom cruise playing an older man who is in essence mentoring a younger man and it through that mentorship he helps that kid or that young man reach reach for healing in his life Mm -hmm. Uh, healing in his relationship with his mom healing in his relationship with 
with the Tom Cruise character, with Maverick, and they come out of it as both better people because of their relationship. Plus, and there I, are some great like scenes with fighter jets. Right, they do it all at mock speed, and, and I mean, it's it's great stuff. I thought it, I I think it's a very good film. Paul's like twitching over yeah, here. You Look know, at him; his face is like <laughs> that vein in his head no, is like. No, no, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick was a very, very good film. It was well told. I know that that was the big hit of the past year. It was very nice. I do think that the Batman had stronger messages, and and for that matter, so, I think that uh, I think Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I think that that was what you said about it, Kennedy. I think convinced me that that might have some pretty strong messages. And so, as well. um, Emily, you get to play Kingmaker here because we have voted for four different movies. So. Wow. Um, well, don't really pick quick. the one we haven't talked about yet. No, but really quick, <laughs> just to mention Cyrano, that's oh, it's very a good. musical yeah. that is the story of Cyrano de Bergerac. Very so With I Peter feel, Dinklage. Yeah, and, I feel like I don't he, really have to go into that is one. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Let me say this. That as a, if you don't, you don't think of Cyrano de Bergerac as a musical. Yeah. I did. But they do a great job with it. And even though Peter Dinklage can't sing a note, no. he <laughs> no, is such a great actor that he makes it work. And it, and you, it has some really nice themes in that film. Too. I would All agree. Right. So what's your vote? Um, I'm actually going to throw it to 13 Lives. Oh. You convinced me. Wow. <laughs> and Upset Emily in the gets a raise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only it were that easy, right? It's indeed I mean, I, I thought that oh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris was delightful. But what you said about it, Bob, was actually very true. It had some scripting issues. Batman, my biggest issue with that is just that you have to wait till the end, till mm -hmm. the redemption the comes, redemption, you yeah. know? There's but, a lot of bloody violence in the meantime. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, That's very true. Yeah. It's very true. I, I like 13 Lives. I like what Adam said about it being a true story of people just do honestly just doing the right thing and risking their lives to save others. Okay. Well, it is now time for the reader choice. Emily. Top Gun Maverick. Top yeah. Gun Maverick. <laughs> that is not a surprise. Because at the end yeah. of the day, it's important to feel good about yourself, your jet, and your country. So there you go. There you go. That's also why I didn't feel bad about throwing my vote to 13 Lives. <laughs> so let's move on to were... Best Movies Correct. for Teens. Kennedy, why don't you give us that list? Yeah, so our uh, Best Movies for Teens are Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Catherine Called Birdie, Guillermo Del, Del Toro's Pinocchio, Slumberland, and Till. Okay. I knew I was not going to pronounce his name right. Well, Guillermo. This is a tough list. This is a tough I mean, list. Yeah. These are very... I know my vote. Yeah. <laughs> I could start it off. Yeah, All right. Start, start, us, start off. us off. I'm going to go with Till. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. It is the story of Emmett Till. He was... Um, this is during, uh, this 50s. is post, yeah, I was going to say post-Civil War. Um, he goes to visit family in the South. While he's there, he tells a store clerk, he's like, you look like a movie star. And he shows her a picture of this, of the movie star that he yeah. had in his wallet. And um, she takes it to the next level. She gets her husband and her brother, I think, involved. And they... Um, they go to his relative's house, they drag him out of bed, and they kill him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a whole court trial. But the reason I like it is, and the reason I think it's so important, is what stood out to me is that for teenagers, this story doesn't have the happy ending you might think it will have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important that as we come into adulthood, you know, from teenagerdom, we need to know, hey, 
life isn't all, even when you fight the good fight you're not always going to get the answer you want and that's what happens in this story at the end of the day Emmett still died horribly and his his uh, killers weren't brought to justice his killers were not brought to justice that's not a spoiler this is based on a true story yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know so it's and it's so sad to me but it's so important to me i think that teens know that lesson yeah it's it is as you said it is based on a true story it's a horrific story in a lot of ways it yeah. has a lot of power to it one of the things that i loved about this particular movie is the expressions of faith this really is the story of of emmett's mom yeah it's in more, some ways it's, in some you ways know, it's more about her it than is it is about him it, it talks about how she was motivated from a grieving mother who lost her her only boy uh, in to, a horrific, unjust way. In, in an impossibly difficult way. And how she changed and she decided to use that horrific moment to move the dialogue along yep. about racial justice. And the fact that she was motivated by faith adds a little bit of a kick to this movie for me. So one of the reasons we put this film in here is that we thought it could potentially be a catalyst for conversation with teenagers. And one of the things we try to do with the Plugged In Movie Awards is to look for films that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path that you may not have even heard about that is a potential conversation starter. And I'll say, I grew up in a town of 7,000 people in Iowa. And it wasn't until I was a young adult that I began to have any consciousness about the entire conversation about race because I grew up in a pretty homogenous environment. And I think this could be a way, even though it's a hard film, you would want mature teens mm -hmm. to be able to talk about it yeah. to say, you know what, this is actually where we have come from as a country. And maybe there's a, so this more than the others, I think I wanted to have on the list. And sure. I think I really advocated for this one because of that potential, not just for entertainment or feeling good, but for a real conversation starter. So in the chat, it looks like the, the folks in the chat are really talking about Till. They're also talking about Pinocchio. Del Guillermo Toro's, Del Toro. Del Toro's which Pinocchio, which is a very, very interesting film. I think that a lot of people would wonder why we didn't put this in the kids category. And a lot of that is because it is a difficult film. Again, yeah. Uh, yeah. when you're looking at some of the messages here, you're dealing with death. You're dealing with grief. You're talking about uh, disillusionment, even with some of your familial relationships. Right. Uh, but it has a really, its artistry is incredible. And it has some very, right. very interesting messages, both about family and some interesting messages to sort of go through in terms of its faith content. There's a ton of faith content to here. Now it can and some be, of it's pretty disturbing, actually, it in its really own is. very strange way. When yeah. you are a Christian and you are watching this, you can say, "I think this could be a Christian movie." If you were an atheist watching this movie, you could see this movie and say, "Oh, they're they're Clearly making some strong." Clearly, there's no God. Because <laughs> <laughs> really the church is. gets bombed at one point. The and, church yeah, gets bombed. You, know? you have some really fantastic elements here that that can lead to again for a teen and their parents watching Pinocchio and talking through some of the family elements here talking through some of the faith elements here I think you can have a very very rich conversation what do you think Kennedy yeah I you know I was just thinking about that's kind of the big theme of a lot of the movies we've chosen especially in yeah. the teen category yeah. is that oh, yeah. there's a lot of movies that came out in this last year that really dealt with some more difficult topics. I mean, you look at that list up there with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Slumberland, Pinocchio, Till, you see all those things and you're like, 
oh, these are all well, and even Catherine called Birdie in yeah. its own kind of period yeah. piece way deals with mm-hmm. some pretty tough issues. But yeah. that right there, and I'll let you go on and talk. But that <laughs> is the very reason why I choose Slumberland. Because we'll come back to you. Because the great thing about Slumberland, and I know you liked it. I know you liked it a great oh, I deal. Like, I liked and it. So that's there's why, no pressure. That's why I was Bob. hoping you'd go ahead and jump on that bandwagon. There's, but anyway, there's no pressure. The, the thing I loved about Slumberland was that it dealt with these same kind of heavy topics. Because it centers around this young girl whose dad dies uh, in a terrible accident. Yeah. She her life is is it's upheaval, and she's it's a very tragic situation that 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 just sort of changes everything for her and she's felt feels alone and broken and this film deals with that so it's the same kind of story as till in the sense that a great loss and mourning only aquaman is in it uh, pardon yes <laughs> in fact it's a great it's a real breakaway See, kind of role for jason momoa right. but, in, but in any case uh, what they do is they use the context of dreaming and fantasy to deal with this very heavy subject, you you become emotionally attached to this young girl, and you see her step by step find a way of healing, find a way of connecting with her uncle as a family, and their love heals the situation together. And and I think that the film just does a masterful job of entertaining us, keeping us involved with the fun stuff while we emotionally connect and actually weep through certain sections of the emotional side of things and the healing. Yeah, I completely agree with Bob. I'm throwing my vote to Slumberland. Woohoo! Um, Bob, you missed <laughs> your calling. I think you should have been a politician. Um, oh, it has nothing my... to do with Bob. I, I love Slumberland. That's absolutely true. <laughs> you're um, the one who nominated it. Yeah, no, I... That was pro- honestly probably the favorite movie that I reviewed of the entire year. Oh, wow. Um, That's a just pretty strong because, statement. because, like Bob was saying, it very masterfully just dealt with the this issue of how do you move on from grief like do you just do you wallow in your grief for the rest of your life or do you learn to continue on living and that's yeah. i mean it tells that metaphor through dreams it right. essentially says do you go back to your dream and just do that over and over or do you uh wake up and and live in the real world did you vote, Paul? Uh, you know what? I did not vote. I'm I'm really wavering, and I just wanted to mention Black Panther, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, really quick, only because again it deals with grief. Yes. We yes. see so much of this theme coming through in these movies. It's it, that's where I think Black Panther really excelled was in its dealing with grief. Yes. Yep. Um, but I do think that my vote will be. You know what, M? I am gonna go with Till. Ooh. I'm gonna go with Till. That means two you're the tiebreaker, man. Oh, so much pressure, Till. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so much pressure. We'll get him next time. And I will also just say, by way of public service announcement, uh, you can also check out our full review of Catherine Called Birdie because we didn't talk about it much, but we have chosen. And now, Emily. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Black Panther, Wakanda forever. That's our audience pick. And you know what? I I understand why audience would pick that. It is an entertaining film. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of uh, buildup of new Marvel villains. And it's the characters you know and love. All right. Emily, when you're done taking a sip, (laughs) what are the five nominees for best kids movies? We have The Bad Guys, Disenchanted, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 
and railway children. All right, Paul, tell us about Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, oh, because Marcel I know you have had a, you've had a year-long so love affair with this with movie. That that, in fact, you were the only person who saw it. <laughs> at the time, when at we were talking about time, it. Yeah. 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 Bob has since seen it. Yes, I have. Well, so, and it was, it, not a lot of people saw it when it first came out in the theaters, but it has like a 99, 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so those who saw it yeah. loved it. And it essentially, Cute. it's really about this shell named Marcel, Hence he the title. does have shoes. He On. lives with his nana. He lives alone in this house. This documentary producer comes in to film their lives. And so it really starts off as this very cute uh, movie just about this shell's life yep. and what he does every day. Um, but it turns into this really interesting rumination about family and community and, again, grief. We yep. talk a lot about yep. grief in this because we do see um, some sadness, some passing that takes place. It was a beautiful, funny, winsome story that really surprised me. Yep. And honestly, one of my favorite movies of the year. So is this your pick? Not necessarily. Okay. Honestly, well, well, he could be swayed. For, you want to talk some more, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> see, I would, I, would, I would wholeheartedly agree with Paul that it, it was a very nice, sweet film. But? But it's not a film for children. Oh. And so we put it in the wrong category. We put it in the wrong category. I mean, we should have talked about this earlier. <laughs> I suppose so. But here's the thing: it's a, in my opinion, it's a movie made for adults and has very adult themes and very adult jokes. I mean, it's very adult focused. Only it's from a very childlike perspective. So it's kind of a category buster. Yeah. So it's but it's different. See. Like a lot, we see a lot of kids' films that have adult things in there, f so that the parents going along with the kids will go, "Oh, that's funny." But the fact is that this one is totally different. It flips it on on its head, where it's something that kids can watch. But I really believe that 15 minutes in, after the the novelty of the little shell with the eye uh, wears off, the kids are going to be going. Okay, what's going on? Do I have any more <laughs> snacks? Do I have it? And you know, and and they're not. Johnny gonna, stole my popcorn. They're not going to be paying attention because the themes, the themes tend to be just a little too adult. So I would agree, and I would totally disagree with you all at the same time. Isn't that because, wonderful? Wow. Because I do agree that this movie does have a strong appeal to adults, and a lot of the the themes are going to be things that adults think about. But when you think of the best children's movies out there, when you think of of Pixar's Up. When you think of Inside movie Out, for adults. you yeah. see, well, that's the thing, right? You have these elements where, and oftentimes I think that we don't give kids credit for dealing with real emotions. They understand what fear is. They understand yeah, what yeah. grief yeah. is. They understand what it means to be part of a family. Sometimes we diminish that and we lessen the entertainment that we give to our children. And I think that that's something that we shouldn't But overlook. I also give kids credit for boredom. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. you've raised a couple. And they're, <laughs> and they're gonna find it in this film. And that's the problem with it, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Kennedy. Um, yeah, so actually, I'm just going to say real quick that this entire category was definitely the most difficult for me to choose Oh yeah, because so many of these are just such great movies. Um, I, I love the bad guys. Uh, I love that it has this story of like um, rejecting these societal stereotypes that have been placed upon you. Um, what if I the love... big bad wolf can be good, yeah. right? I mean, that's sort of the premise here. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love the animation style. Uh, Puss in Boots, I mean, that's a huge one. Um, that one was so much fun. 
also told the story of just appreciating the life that you have, you know, yeah. and just learning to find, you know, you don't have to be immortal to enjoy life. Uh, Marcel Deschel, uh, I was hesitant, but Bob, or, or Paul kept pushing me. He's like, you gotta watch you gotta this, you gotta watch it. this. And then I watched it and I it's loved it. It's about a shell. It's just, <laughs> with shoes right. on. It's not about a shell, it's about a shell who's trying to find his community. And he's so, he's just, <laughs> man, I have lit, shells are supposed to live together, he says. And he's just looking for his community. And it's such a beautiful film. Yeah. And so, gosh, I, I love them all. Emily, you have yeah, chirp, chirp, I think, in. oh man, it's really hard to pick because. But you're going to have to. I'm sorry. This no, is our job. I will job. say this. We're professionals. I think that. We can do it. Sorry. I think that much. a lot. Of, yeah. <laughs> Just a little. I think that a lot of these kid movies, like, honestly, they're all good. They're all, I think they're all fun in different ways. I kind of agree with Bob that, you know, Marcel the Shell would be interesting for a minute and then your younger children would definitely get bored. I think your older children might be a little more okay with it. But I mean, oh man, do I really have to pick? How about you hear your thoughts, yeah, Adam? Did... I can't pick. Oh, <laughs> I'm yet. just enjoying, I'm the ringmaster. Well, I'm just <laughs> trying to give everybody an equal voice you, here. You know, we, uh, we haven't talked much about Puss in Boots. You yeah, mentioned yeah, it. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about Puss in Boots. I can talk about that for Go a ahead. minute. I, I did really like Puss in Boots. Like, I grew up on Shrek, so watching it, I'm just like, it's like a throwback to everything from my childhood. So, I mean, in Puss in Boots, it's all about, um, Kennedy kind of touched on it. It's about accepting um, your life as it is. It's... Right. Um, you know, you have Goldilocks who lives with, she is actually friends with the three bears. She's part of their family and, but she doesn't want to be part of their family anymore. She wants to find her real family that she uh, kind of sort of was kidnapped from. It's kind of a weird situation. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plugged in issue. Um, it was kind of an how. accident. It was an accidental yes. kidnapping. Just kind like Marcel the Show. Yeah, but, just but like Marcel But it actually, <laughs> it, it, it bears out to be more of an adoption it story. Bears out. Bears yes. Out. Yes, oh. so to speak. It turns into more uh, it, of an adoption story. It's more of an story. adoption story. And mm. it's it's so, so there's a very strong family element to this film. Yes. But also the thing that, that Kennedy mentioned, I think, is is right there at the top of the heap. And that is that Puss realizes, I mean, the whole story is based on he's down to his last life as yes. cat, cats all have nine lives, of course. And he's chasing after this magical star, which will give him his life back again. But he comes to the end of this quest with these people and, and the people that he learns to care about spoiler and to love. Alert. And he gets yes, spoiler alert. and he gets to the Sorry. end, of, end of this film and he realizes, you know what? I don't need a whole bunch of extra lives. I just need a good life. And it's a very powerful statement that I think is easy for kids to pick up on. Now, the only drawback to this film for some very younger kids is the, the intense scenes it's that you scary. mentioned. Because mm -hmm. it's very scary. But here's the thing, and I'm going to throw this out here because I think it's important. When I went to the screening, because I, I reviewed this one, when I went to the screening, I was sitting right next to a family with two young girls. One was about five, the other one seven. And when it was all done, I thought, I thought to myself, wow, that was kind of intense at times. And I, I asked the dad, I said, do you mind, could I ask your daughters some questions? He said, that's fine. And I said, did you like it? They said, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, was it scary? And they went, yeah, 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 yeah. It was really <laughs> scary, really scary. And then I said, but was it too scary? And I, and I focused in on the five-year-old because I could tell, you know, the five-year-old, she's going to cue off her sister. Yeah. 
But the five-year-old was the first one to chirp up and say, no, 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 it wasn't too scary. It was fun. So <laughs> I said to myself, okay, now that is a stamp of approval. Uh, the things that I thought might have been a little intense, these kids really dug. So Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I hate to say it, Bob, but... Chet is loving what you have to say about those. Right, <laughs> good on you, Chet. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna start out the voting. Then I don't know if we've officially done that or not. No, I think but, it's time. Um, I I was coming in here with strong pulls towards Marcel the Shell, but Bob, you have really convinced me. Okay. Uh, Puss in Boots. Yeah, I got I got to go with it. It was just. I'll be honest, I'm not even that big of a fan of Shrek, and I know that's probably going to get me a lot <laughs> I of hate mail. I just love Antonio Banderas' eyes. Only from me. He's really great in this, too. It's very but, funny. But Puss in, in Boots, eyes, was, it eyes. was funny. It had, like, the most disconcerting villain I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, and it was, it had a really good Have message. Have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> no, not really. For a kids movie. I needed a Star Wars joke in there somewhere. I mean, it was a reach, but I, I got it in. Emily, did you I'm, vote for Puss I'm in Boots? I'm going to go with my nostalgic vote of Puss in Boots. Okay, cool. is that three for Puss in Boots? Three so far. Paul, do you want to cast a sort of I protest do. vote for Marcel? I do. I do. I do want to cast a protest vote, but I want to vote for the bad guys. Oh, interesting. In, it's a good movie. Because as Marcel the Shell is a great movie, and everybody should see it, and it's not boring for children. But <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> that that it does lean a little bit more toward adults, and I think that 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 is something that has swayed me a little bit. But I also loved the messages of the bad guys, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it gets down to a really Christian message in a way. Now, the bad guys is not a Christian movie, obviously, but it no, deals with the big bad wolf. <laughs> it deals with the big bad wolf and a lot of characters who are typically seen as bad. And it talks about, do we have to move into what is expected of us, or can we make our own choices? Oh, and I free will versus some sort of predeterminism. That yes. is exactly right. If that not is predestination. incredibly powerful from a Christian point of view, because that is what, what we sort of lead with in our world as Christians. What do our choices say about us? What do we do with the time allotted to in the, us? In the midst of a high story for... Yeah, for, for middle yeah, schoolers. Yeah, and it's super fun. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. Well, we have a winner, but I will cast my own protest vote for Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Wow, it's Rock a on. lovely movie, and it's I, a lovely I movie. loves me a lovely movie. Emily, it's that time. We did the same thing. What? They did the same thing. Puss oh, boots. Puss boots. It's boots. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> Good job voting. Very rare people. that we have this. The exact same vote as We're the, the audience. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. sometimes things come together. And on that note, um, I think that this is a, a discussion that has come together. So thank you nice for joining us. And we do this every week on The Plugged In Show. Uh, and you can find us at thepluggedinshow.com. Um, some weeks, we argue sometimes. Week. We don't, yeah. we sometimes don't sit there we, and vote for movies no, each week. But, I want to clarify that. No, but we talk that. about... <laughs> We talk about the deeper issues that are involved yeah. with entertainment and technology. Mm -hmm. yes. And again, our desire is to encourage you, to equip you, to give you the information you need to make good decisions as parents. And sometimes just to know what's going on out there. I mean, there's so much coming at us. So each week we kind of sift through what's out there and, and really try to pick some things that we think are conversations that will be fun, but that will, you know, really give you some meat to chew on in your relationships and your family and, 
and in your entertainment choices. So um, as always, we would love for you to tell your friends about the pluggedinshow.com. And one way you can do that is wherever you get your podcasts, you can leave us a review. And if you want to interact with us, you can shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com or just find us on Instagram or Facebook. And in our episode notes for today's shows, we'll have references to the things we've talked about today. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed this special live stream presentation of The Plugged In Show, and we will be back next week for another great conversation on The Plugged In Show. parents parent here i don't know about you but most parenting advice i've found is a lot like my son's favorite foods just beans and hot dogs it's bland and way too juvenile for how old he actually is but focus on the family's weekly age and stage emails have biblical stuff that helps me be intentional as a parent it's great like a chef salad of parenting tips if you want biblical practical and personal tips to your inbox here's how go to mykidsage.com put in your kids age and get weekly emails that make a difference